Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Cathy Sheridan. And here in studio with me, I have Roisin Ingle. Hello. To talk about some of the events of the week. You have acquired... A stand-up desk. Well, I feel Which sounds very... extremely uncomfortable to me. <laughs> well, me and Emma O'Dunn, who we've had her on before, talking about how she has a stand-up desk to write her books, which I think is incredible, and uh, one of those exercise machines under her. So she actually walks and writes at the same time. Can you even imagine? I can't. Is it actually <laughs> well, physically possible? It, well, Emma O'Dunn, who has uh, won many prizes for her brilliant books, uh, Room, including that one, and she seems to be doing fine. So, yes, it obviously is possible. I had a small problem with my lower back and I went, to our very good human resources um, department and told them about it and they got me an ergonomic assessment um, at my very messy desk which I've had to transform to do with this uh, standy up one. Did you have to get a new desk as well? No, no, the desk is the same but I had to clear it up, Cathy. I had to get tidy it up. Do you not have to alter the height of the desk as so well? So I'll tell you what it is. It's actually, anyway, they, they said that they thought that a stand-up desk would be the thing to help my back and just to get me a bit more active because I'm very stuck on the desk a lot of the time and so um, it came along and by the time they got they ordered it and they brought it to I was kind of going oh god I don't I don't really want this and I was a bit embarrassed about standing up and you know while you're all the rest of your colleagues are sitting down I thought it was a bit weird but it's a thing that sits on your desk actually and it can be elevated and put down again so um, for the last few days I have been using it and I have to say I'm loving it so you kind of um, I'm standing up and then after a while I might get a little bit tired or whatever and then I push it down again have a little bit of a sit put it so I'm kind of going up and down all day but the the one thing that has struck me most um, I mean there's lots of benefits I was looking on the internet today you know the, you know, apparently for just exercise lowering blood sugar levels um, lower your risk of heart disease. There's lots of studies around these desks. Um, but one of them, which the thing that I have felt most is my mood, actually, and energy levels. That's what I've noticed the most, that I just feel more alert and I feel like, uh, you know, work can be a bit depressing sometimes and I feel less that way. So there's something about standing while you're doing your stuff that for whatever reason, I don't know the science, but there is some science behind it that I makes you feel I can't even imagine better. this contraption. There's nothing to lean back against. No, you're just standing and you're just with your keyboard and you're you're doing your stuff and you get used to it surprisingly quickly, actually. But I kind of just wanted to talk about it because it's something that seems a bit mad. But actually, I was talking to someone else. We we only had chairs, I think, uh, 500 years ago. They were invented like as human beings for, for centuries. We've been going around not sitting down. And the impact of the chair on society probably has been good in some ways, but has been negative in other ways that we kind of... I mean, I'm someone when I go into a standing up event, you know, where everyone's standing around. I don't like those events. And I always seek out the kind of chair Somewhere to that's sit. around. I do. Like, Absolutely. Because I'm just kind of a yes. lazy person. So this is kind of forcing me out of that. And it's giving me a whole new perspective on standing. 
Um, I also went to see. I also had. A, I saw a talk um, last October, so it must have stuck in my head about how many calories you can burn up just standing. Like I would have thought standing was a very sedentary um, activity, but actually, it's surprisingly um, good in terms of a health perspective. Uh, one last question: Did they actually give you advice on how to how to stand? No, because actually, obviously I there are different ways of standing. Yeah, I haven't had any tips. I tend to shift my weight from one foot to the other. I tend to I'm, I actually move around a little bit, so I think that's probably good too. And then when I'm just a bit fed up, and if I have to write something, uh, which I don't really do much anymore, but if I have to do that, I tend to sit down because I haven't quite got the mo done ability to be creative and write things while I'm standing up. But I'm hoping that might come because I presume it's possible if she can do that. I think you need to put up a picture of Of the standing up desk. Better still a video of you standing up and (laughs) typing at the same time. I would be quite fascinated. Well, I would just say if you are in a position where you have a workplace that's very good enough and will do this, I would feel if you're having back issues or if you feel like you're really stuck at your screen and you want a different way of working, then you should try and get it because I would heartily recommend it. Well, that's excellent news. So, Cathy, what is coming up on the episode today? Well, Roisin, today I am talking to Geraldine Swarbrick and her daughter, Jane. Mullingar entrepreneurs, my neck of the country, who are the brains behind Inglot Cosmetics I know Ireland. Inglot are great, yeah. They came in here to see us to talk about setting up this business along with Jane's brother, Peter. Inglot is originally, as you probably know then, a, a Polish brand that caught Geraldine's eye when she was in Canada 10 years ago. It was at the height of the recession, interestingly, a time when many would have said she was mad to start a new business. And luckily, if they said that to her, which they probably did, she didn't listen to them. The company now employs 300 people, is expanding at breakneck speed and has just announced an exciting new partnership with Next in the UK. At a time when the high street is dying, Mm -hmm. this is what the Swarbrigs are at. I spoke to Geraldine and Jane about all of this and they also explained to me what the lipstick factor is, which is to do with the boom and how lipstick functions. Yeah, it's also called the lipstick index, isn't it? Because I've heard of that It probably is. And we also talk about Jane's attempt at upstaging Jennifer Lopez in Las Vegas (laughs) and Geraldine's husband, the former Eurovision star Tommy Swarbrick. I was wondering if they're of those Swarbricks. This is a very unusual name. what friends are for. (laughs) I forgot to ask them if they find that absolutely... Really annoying. Extraordinarily annoying. And did they have the shoe shop in Mullingar? Was that the thing? That's now run by their cousins. Okay. Uh, because they were Swarbrick brothers who were very much the celebrities of Mullingar when yeah. I was a young one. I began by asking Georgian to explain what in the world possessed her to start a new business in 2009 when the world was in the grip of the financial horrors. Oh, Cathy, I don't know what I was thinking, yes. but a lot of it came about by accident And then uh, I happened to be exiting a business in Canada at the time, and I was over in Montreal. Um, I had already brought Aldo shoes from Canada to Ireland, and before that, Veramoda and Jack and Jones from Denmark. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'll calm down now and take a couple of years off, go into semi-retirement. And just as I had that, did you in sell my those head, businesses, Geraldine? Or did I you hold did. On to them? Yeah, yes. I was very lucky in that I got involved in those businesses with the Danish company first of all, and they were my partners, and they bought my partnership back. We had fifty-fifty partnership, so they bought me out. That was now two thousand and one. 
And then with Aldo, when uh, we were just starting really at the good times in Ireland and uh, Dundrum Shopping Centre was opening, everyone was on a high, everybody wanted shoes and that was great. And then around 2008, I sold back to Aldo. So all those stores are still in Ireland, but they've been run by the parent companies. When I was in Montreal, I'm having a cup of coffee, all calmed down, about to get my flight. And I'm in a shopping centre and I spot this store selling makeup. And I could see all these young girls going to it. And I said, God, there's something going on there. And that's really nice and it's exciting. It's colourful. I must find out what it is and where it comes from. So rather than just admiring something, I always go over and say, oh, this is lovely. Who's your owner? And would you have his phone number? Uh, And that's what I had done the previous times. And it worked again. And they said to me, well, it's actually a Polish man has come over to Canada and set this up. And this was the first franchise in Canada And uh, Mr. Inglot himself, who started this company 30 years ago, he had set up in Australia, Poland and Canada. So I went back. First of all, I rang my lovely daughter, Jane, who was over in in Australia. Australia. Quite homesick at the time. Who who actually looks about 15. What what age were you then? I was 36, 26. Right. Thank you very much. It's the makeup. (laughs) Oh, it's brilliant. (laughs) So Jane was in Australia and I said, oh, you won't believe it. I found something really interesting here. And I said, it's makeup. And she said, well, mum, you know, you've done shoes, the feet, you've done head to toe. So let's not stop there. Why not makeup? What's the name? And I said, Inglot. And she said, would you believe I've seen it over here in Brisbane? Brisbane. And do you know, Cathy, that's when things happen for me. Small little things. And I keep saying, that's a sign. There's a sign now that Jane knew it already. I met somebody else in Mullingar, a Canadian, and he said to me, I've heard about this makeup company. And I said, what's the name? And he says, Inglot. There's another sign. So very quickly, we got Jane back from Australia over to London to meet Mr. Inglot, the founder of this company. And I told him Ireland was a fantastic place. <laughs> just, just let me stop you there for a second, Geraldine. Jane, what was it about Inglot? I mean, I'm thinking the Revlon counter or, or MAC yeah. cosmetics or stuff like that. Now, this is not my specialist area, as you may have so, gathered. But what, what is it about? What was it about Inglot yeah. that you thought this is really different? Inglot is just, it's like a beacon of colour and light. When you go into the stores, there's just so much colour to it. And they're standalone stores. This is what we were experiencing and all really that was available in Ireland at the time was those counters that you talk about and that um, I suppose the uh, experience that you go into when you go into one of our competitors in a department store it's just not as comfortable not as relaxed there's a lot of staff kind of waiting for you to walk in but Inglot was a very relaxed atmosphere very fun um, standalone stores so it's actually quite comfortable to walk around in and just all of this colour was so appealing and eye-catching and that's what drew us in we knew there was something different there these standalone stores hadn't been done and Ireland was like so doom and gloom at the time yes. we just thought bring colour to it and like 
brighten up that corner of a shopping centre. And or? I suppose, Jane, at the time, and well, Geraldine, rather, I remember at the time people saying they couldn't afford to buy, say, they couldn't afford to go to Brown Thomas anymore. Mm-hmm. So they'd buy a lipstick instead. They'd, That's they'd right. roam around, they'd buy a lipstick instead. That sticks with me because people could afford to buy little treats, yeah. not the big ones that anymore. That actually is called the lipstick factor. And no matter how bad things get, apparently, a woman will always keep her 10 or 15 euro or 20 in some cases and have a good lipstick because that's what cheers her up. You put on your lipstick in the morning and you can go out and face the day. And those days were pretty grey and doom and gloom, as Jane said. But we made that work to our advantage in the sense that we approached shopping centres and other agents and said to them, we have something new, it's exciting, can you get us into that shopping centre at a good deal? And there were deals to be got then that you wouldn't have got, we'll say, in 2005, 2006, when the country was going mad. The most appealing factor also was it was amazing quality. So this is a professional brand at fantastic prices. So to bring that in at that time in Ireland, I think people appreciated what they were getting. It was value for money. Okay, and is it for a particular age group, Jane? No, not really. Um, We were quite aligned with the younger demographic just because what we created was very edgy. Um, Particularly 10 years ago, that's really what sold. And we had these phenomenal artists who could just, I mean, they're creatives. They're they're not just makeup artists. And I mean, what they could create was unbelievable. But as Inglot's grown as a company, we've kind of matured with that and our demographic has opened up. We brought out a range with Jennifer Lopez last year and she's 49 years of age. So I think it just showed that it really has something for everybody in there. That really helped us to kind of open that gap. So have you actually met Jennifer Lopez? I did. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we, we truly are in the presence yeah. of celebrity here. <laughs> we met her last April in Las Vegas. We were invited to the official launch of her collection and we went over, we saw one of her shows in Vegas and she was phenomenal. She really blew us away. Jane has a good little story about yeah. <laughs> trying to upstage Jennifer. <laughs> So it was all very professionally done. There was a lot of security. We went and met her backstage afterwards and she talked us through her new collection and she was fabulous. But afterwards, um, we were getting pictures with her and we kind of were all queuing up quite nicely and all was very reserved. And I got up there and I said to her, Jennifer, could I just get on the other side of you, please? Because this is my bad side. (laughs) She just said, "Okay, honey, off you go. But I didn't travel the whole way. To Vegas to get a bad picture with Jennifer Lopez for my Instagram. Extremely <laughs> far-sighted of you. And it's something that very few people would have thought of in the, in the, in oh. the, in, in the heat of the moment. Yeah. And obviously you know about these things, Jane. I mean, you, you, you presumably by now... What, what did you do? You went to university, I presume, did you? Yeah, well, I studied PR and event management, did actually. You? And yeah. I worked in retail for years. So I do oh. find all the experience that I had has kind of um, culminated in the role I'm doing now. It's all really helped me. It's funny, even from... When I was rapping like years ago and standing in front of crowds and things like that, it's all helped. I've done a lot and have a lot of life experience. Jump when your mother called by the sound of things. Green and Black's Velvet Edition range brings a variety of signature flavours, introducing a smoother, velvety taste with a premium chocolate experience, and all with our Green and Black's promise of the finest ingredients and ethically sourced cocoa. So, Geraldine, you found your first place in 
Liffey Valley. In Liffey Valley, yes. And we got a great location there. And uh, I'm not saying it was a fantastic success from day one. It was an unknown brand. People actually found it hard to pronounce. And uh, gradually people began to hear about it. And as you as you asked there about uh, the age group, the younger girls really took to it. It almost became like a, a cult brand at that point. And then because that was working so well, we then got into Dundrum Shopping Centre within six months and it really took off. Again, from with, a good, with, a, with a good deal. Yes, actually, yes. Goodness, because that and was quite a cool a fantastic given location. In Dundrum, you just can't miss us if once you come in either entrance on that first floor. And then after that, they just, the deals started coming. People started knocking on our door saying, oh, we'd love if you opened in various places. And we're all over the country now, 10 years on. We have... um, 14 shops in the south of Ireland. We're in Belfast and in Derry. And then we've got the UK just started as well. Which is the most fantastic story, your your latest incursion into the UK. But just just one of the things that fascinates me about your story is your son, Peter, Jane's Jane's brother, joined as financial director in 2010. Yes. So you now have this three Mm -hmm. in in, in the company now. And did it stop there? Did you drag in some more or... Um, are there more sports? No, the, on, the only other family I've dragged in are my employees from going way back to the Veramoda days. Our head office is in Mullingar, and I've got quite a few working with us now with Inglot. Um, so that's fantastic. I have people who started with me when they were 18 years of age, and now they're 25 years on. They're still working with me in the office. Um, Peter didn't know what mascara was. Imagine, (laughs) he lived in a house with two women and for a long time he was putting mascara under face. We have different categories. And someone said to him, why is that not under eyes? And he says, why? Why should it be under eyes? you mean in the accounts? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Not in the actual shelves. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so I have... Two fantastic children who together make um, great MDs out of this company and each of them have their different fortes. Peter's is the accounts and that whole property dealing with, with property as well. Jane is the marketing, the product, the buying so they're a good combination. And one of the things I'd like to hear is I presume there are loads of family spats. Jane. There actually isn't, but I have a theory. I think it's because we work in very different departments, so we don't actually see each other that much. Peter's now moved to London, which is fantastic, so I can't really argue with him there. Um, But we, yeah, we kind of have our own divisions, but it's great then when the big decisions need to be made that there's someone to call. And we really have a great support system there. And I think as well, just knowing if, you know, if you're a little bit unsure or something, you can send over an email and be like, will I send it? And you might get an email back saying, hang on, just think about it twice or, yeah, go for it. So it's just great to have that support system. So, Geraldine, you've now started this major development in in the UK. Tell us about that. 
Well, Ireland was such a success for the Inglot and and their family. I was going to say the Inglot family because Mr. Inglot, his brothers, sisters, and now their children are all involved in this business where the product is made in Poland. And they were so impressed with the job that we had done in Ireland, despite the recession and all the various obstacles that, that were there that they offered us the UK. They offered us the whole franchise for all of the UK. Now, some might say it was a poison chalice because it was all around the time they were talking about the Brexit vote and the whole lot. And I couldn't believe it when that happened. But look, we said, we have done this before when times are bad and times are uncertain. We will go in there. It's such an opportunity. There's such a big population over there and it wasn't known at all. So a year ago, we started off, we opened in Newcastle, first of all, a store in Newcastle. Then we have opened our flagship store in Westfield in London. We're also in Glasgow and in Gateshead. And now we're opening in Manchester in a month's time. I let Jane tell you the story about Manchester, how that has come about. Yeah, so we have been very, very lucky. Peter, as I said, has moved over to England and he has been very smart. I know we'll mention there um, the climate over there at the moment is a little bit unsure, but I think we just saw it as such a great opportunity that we couldn't say no to it. Um, and we seem to like a challenge. We did it in Ireland, but we have been very smart about what we're doing. And Peter is really working hard um, to get, I suppose, good deals when it comes to rents and locations. But we've also kind of looked at taking a different strategy over there and we are teaming up. Um, it's just been made official actually that we are collaborating and moving into a partnership with Next. So absolute retail giants over in the UK and this is going to be our third partnership with them. But this is definitely the biggest one and hopefully the start of many, many opportunities with them. Geraldine, is this you moving out then from the standalone to... Are you going to have a franchise within next yes. now, obviously? Yes, we've, so you, all, we've gone full circle here almost, yes, yes because we realised we could never get around the UK in the same way as we did in Ireland, um, mainly because of the population. It's so much easier to get known. All we had to do really was open in the main centres in Dublin and then the cities after that, Cork, Galway, Limerick and, and Waterford and we did and we got really well known. Now you can't do that in a place like the UK where the population of Manchester alone is the same as all of Ireland. So we're now in partnership with Next. The first ones we're opening are in the Trafford Centre that Irish people actually would know quite well and also in the Arndale Centre in the middle of Manchester and as they come up the right location within that store, we are going to move it into them. We have, um, we will still have a lot of our range. It won't be the full range that you would find in our shops. And we will have our best sellers and we will also have our own staff there, qualified makeup artists who do makeovers and know so much about the product and will be able to sell it to the customers. How many people do you employ now? We are almost 300, actually. That is amazing. It is. And and 
what has been the hardest part of this? You've had experience, as Jane was saying, of the shoes, the head to toe, the clothes, all the rest. What has been the most difficult part of this one? There are always obstacles and from and they change from time to time. And it's really holding your nerve when things are getting tough. And things started off tough with us. Um, and I quite like that because it means you don't lose the run of yourself from day one. And you don't open one store and say, oh, my God, we're doing great business here. Let's go out and buy a new car. I would be fairly sensible in that way. Been originally a cavern woman, of course. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so, and your grandfather uh, ran a shop in Cavan, so it's not indeed. off the ground you licked it, as exactly. they would say in Cavan, yes. And so, in that sense, it, it was good for me, and I thought it was great for Jane and Peter as well to start at the beginning, start when we were small, and build up. And then you have the ups and downs. It is just so random. Retail, at the moment, you never know which shop is going to have the best day or which day is going to be the best day. And you just have to roll with the punches and always keep optimistic. And, you know, I am terribly, awfully optimistic. My glass is always full, fully full with the best wine you could drink. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best kind of full glass. Jane, frankly, I'm terrified listening to the pace of your expansion. Um, you know, Jordan was saying she doesn't, she, you know, she wouldn't be buying a new car. But it sounds to me like you're opening stores at the same rate as you'd buy new, a new coat or well, a new car. We're definitely picking up the pace again. Yes. Um, I think in Ireland we've expanded as well um, to the extent that we feel we could with standalone stores. So we're continuing to expand again, actually, with pharmacies. And um, this is another new strategy that we're working on at the moment and um, putting a lot of time and effort into. And there was just such demand for Inglot around the country um, and in probably smaller towns that didn't necessarily warrant a full store. So uh, something else that we're doing now is we're actually expanding into um, Donegal, first of all, with McElhenney's. Um, NACE has been announced this week, so I'll give you... What's a NACE? Uh, Burke's Pharmacy, actually, in NACE. And uh, that's an exclusive. A fine pharmacy <laughs> yeah. in NACE, yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, so hopefully that's another route that we're going to go down in Ireland now. We've seen great demand for it. So, Geraldine, you're not retiring at all. It doesn't look like it, <laughs> No, <Kathy. laughs> no. Um, and your husband, he's not involved at all in this end of the things. He He's not anymore. And on the other side of it, he's very involved as well. He always wants to know what's going on. Jane said we don't meet up that much, but I think we do. We have our board meetings at the kitchen oh, table. Dinner. Tommy cooks. And yes. <laughs> Yes, Tommy does his chicken curry (laughs) and uh, when we've eaten enough of that then I do my famous spaghetti bolognese and they all come down and the discussion is always business. And that's the thing, we never switch off because it's part of our life now. It's not like the nine to five job and we don't say to Tommy, oh, we, you know, we've had a hard day at the office, Tom let's not talk about business. Come on, tell me what's going on. I'm reading this and that. And I want to know and people are asking me, what are, what are you doing? So Tommy has his own business, very successful too. Um, he's a promoter, music promoter. He goes out and does his own shows, the Showband show, 
reeling, reeling in the show band years. Because tell it. us a bit about Tommy's background. All right. Go back to the Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yes. So, I remember this, now, I'm afraid. Yeah, we yes. have to go way, way we back. Do, I know. <laughs> Tommy left Cootail County Cabin when he was 16 to join Joe Dolan and the Drifters. He was the trumpet player. And he went to Mullingar. And that's how all the Swarbricks have now ended up in Mullingar. So after that, he was with Joe for about seven years. And then he set up his own band called The Times. And his brother Jimmy came over from England. And they were the two um, lead singers in that band. And Tommy actually retired from show business before Jane and Peter were born. He retired around the 1980s when he thought that the whole show band thing had finished and he went into promotions. So he was bringing over acts from uh, around the world into Ireland. We did, uh, and I say we because I used to help him out with this as well, um, a meatloaf tour. We had Smokey over and still do. He still promotes Smokey in Ireland. Leo Sayre, people like that. So our house was always hopping and the phone was hopping and Tommy Leo and Sayre. myself were coming and going. You yes. make me feel like dancing. Was That's that it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I could sing a song from any of those. <laughs> <laughs> so then he always encouraged me. Actually, going way back to when I found Veramoda. That was in Norway, of all places. And the reason that we as a family were over in Norway in 1991, we were guests of Smokey having a ski holiday there. And after the skiing, we stopped off in the shopping centre. Smokey Norwegian? No, but they're the hottest things in Norway. They're actually from Yorkshire. But Norway is their number one country. And uh, we stopped off in a shopping centre and that's where I saw a Vermoda store. And that was the start of it. Now, I thought you were going to tell me that's, that, you, that you were over there for the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh. Where was that? <laughs> where, where, where did Tommy sing at the Eurovision Song Contest? So in 1975, when he wrote the song uh, That's What Friends Are For, that you were humming earlier on. I was, I can't get it out of yeah, my head. it's very musical too. <laughs> Um, then that was in Sweden, but I had only met Tommy then and we weren't so much of an item that I got an invite to Sweden. So he went on his own. This is very saddening. He wrote me letters, would you believe? From Sweden. Yeah. And he was only over there for about five days. And of course, the letter didn't arrive until (laughs) maybe two weeks after he had come back. Um, but that's how long ago it was we were writing. Um, Then two years later, It's Nice to Be in Love Again. That was his song with the Swarbriggs Plus Two. And that was in London. And at that point, we were married. And yes, I had the VIP seat in the theatre in London. Uh, And that was the excitement of that business, actually. It was great. And uh, they almost made it internationally as a result of that song. And we were getting the phone call saying it's bubbling under in the charts and we're going to break into the top 20. But they never quite made it. Oh. So, yeah. 
music is such a. It is. I think I prefer to be in the retail business. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a terrible business. There is always that sense of something about to happen and. Absolutely, yeah. and he never encouraged Jane or Peter to go into the music business. He always said it's too hard, and I don't want them to be involved at all. So he was actually delighted when they followed me and my Didn't retail have any path. Talent either, I think so. No, Jane can sing oh, very nicely. That, yeah. But we have seen the performer in Jane from her dad. That comes out when we have openings of stores or when she is doing talks to young girls about the makeup business and put a microphone into Jane's hand and she's perfectly at ease. The jazz hands come out. Geraldine, you're a bit of a groupie, actually. Um, I have to admit, I am. Yes, I have my favourite group and I have my favourite member of that group and that's Westlife and Mark from Sligo. Sorry, have they not broken up? Oh, no, Kathy, my goodness! did you not know they're back on tour this year? They're 20 years since they started. They're a little bit like us. We're 10 <laughs> years since yeah. we started. They're 20 and they're gone out on tour, reunited and starting off in Belfast on the 22nd of May. And I actually, co- uh, coincidentally, I have to visit my shop in Belfast That's on an that amazing day. Yeah. And Manchester and, and yes. London and Dublin. And uh, <laughs> my husband, who gets a little bit jealous with this because I can sing all the Westlife songs <laughs> even better than the Swarbrick songs. Um, not very well, though, but I know all the words. And uh, he said, what are you doing this summer? And I said, oh, I have a very busy summer now. I have to go around the UK um, visit my stores uh, on the days that there are Westlife concerts in the local arena. She's going on tour with Westlife and I hope Louis Walsh is listening to this. <laughs> Number one fan. This is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, anyway, it's delightful to know you haven't retired in any sense, no. Jordan, yes, by the sound of in her lives on. <laughs> Jane, Jane, tell me this. Uh, one of the things that actually does make me despair a little bit is the Instagram makeup thing on mm-hmm. very young girls. Yes, yeah. Are you concerned about that or is it just something that we just have to go along with? I think the pressures particular come from social media are huge and the likes of like lip fillers and um, just other prosthetics and that is becoming much, much more common. And I suppose the worrying thing is the age of these girls. But with Inglot, like we're trying through makeup to show you how to enhance your natural beauty. And we do get a lot of mums come in with, you know, 13 year olds and they're like, my daughter, she's watching YouTube, she's on Instagram and, you know, they're very, very influenced. So we'll bring them in and we'll bring these young girls in and teach them how to do makeup that's appropriate for them. But there's another side to makeup now and it really is a creative outlet for artists. Like it's it's a real phenomenon what's going on and there can be a great living made out of it, be it like within the retail industry or as a freelance makeup artist. And, you know, it is it's wonderful to see how creative it can be for artistic um, people. Jane, have you had to fight with the whole orange tan thing? Uh, I don't think it's as relevant now, but uh, it's definitely always been out there. And it's funny because some of our teams, uh, they tend to like all merge into like a similar look. And I'm not going to say which stores, but 
in some places, like, they prefer to go a little bit darker with their tans and even just to the style of their makeup. But it's amazing, like, what, what they can do. But it just shows how united our Ingla family is, I think. <laughs> well, that's a lovely thing to finish yes. on. And, and finally, um, Geraldine, I'm going to ask Jane to give us a bar from That's What Friends Are For because I might just get it out of my system. You have Jane. to sing it with me, Cathy. <laughs> well, I, well, you start. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen bum, bum. of the whole wide world, if every now and then a single voice was heard, telling it like it should be, making it simple and strange. But if that man needs a helping hand, help him in from the rain. Have I got to the chorus yet? That was the chorus. But we haven't said that's what friends are for. (laughs) That's what friends are for. Where is my backing singers when I need them? And that's it for today. Thanks to Geraldine and Jane Swarbrick for coming in to talk to me about Inglot Cosmetics which is coming to Nays sometime soon. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can always find us on irishtimes.com. If you do want to get in touch, we're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast, or you can email us on thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. If you like what we do, then please do head along to iTunes. Give us a review and tell all your friends about it. The podcast is produced by Roisin Ingle and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. I'm Cathy Sheridan and until next time, thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.